0: Welcome to the Conduit Deeper podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series, from current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us
1: deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us.
0: Welcome to our Deeper podcast. My name is Mo, campus pastor at Conduit Church, joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, and uh, we're back at it. Again, and it's the second week since I've been back, yep. and I'm glad to be back in the saddle, back to a routine, back to cranking stuff out, getting stuff done. Um, I have walked a little less. So when I was on my little sabbatical, I was walking. I was hitting my 10,000 steps a day, every day, every day. Like I gamified it, hmm. you know, like with your with my app, my Apple Watch, right, right, tracking this thing, and I. <laughs> My goal was to hit 10,000 steps every day, and I did it. I mean, everybody
1: in my neighborhood knows who I am now, for sure. Uh, all the dogs do, for sure. And the, the difference between 6,000 steps and 10,000 steps is a pretty significant bump. Like that 10,000, like if you've been yes. managing your steps, whatever, you realize, when well, I'm at 8,000, I'm almost there, but you're really not. <laughs> you've got <laughs> like a long way to go. And do another
0: lap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. I was doing it early in the morning, I was doing it late at night. Um, a lot of listening and and uh, reading, um, audio stuff, and so since I've been back to the office, my goal was to still maintain those ten thousand steps a day, but I have failed miserably. What are we at? Like a thousand a steps? Like, no, about no, a, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm still I'm still at like four or five thousand steps a day, right. but I've got I've got to get back up there. Got to get back up there. I really did enjoy that. But being back in the saddle means, um, you know, we're back doing our podcasts, which I know we really both do enjoy doing and and we're thankful for the feedback that we get to those that are listening. And Sunday we wrapped up Romans 4, you wrapped up Romans 4. Yeah. Um in our current sermon series, which is What's True About You, it's a study through the book of Romans and uh the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of forgetting. The power of our hope. I should have been a Baptist preacher. No, I shouldn't have been because I, I, the, the iteration fell you, apart you, on the last... You, the alliteration kind of fell apart the on the last... last...
1: P- I can't even... I just, it's not even called iteration. I, I definitely am not a Baptist. Alliteration. Alliteration.
0: Yeah, yeah. the blessing of forgiveness. The blessing of yeah. forgetting.
1: Yeah, you know... Um, Which is from Psalms 32. Yeah. That's so, kind of where it's pulled from. Yeah, the thing that I love about the Bible um, is it doesn't whitewash like the sins of, uh, of the people that we look up to and respect in the faith. Like if you go to, like, you know, the, the Quran is not nearly so open about Muhammad, right? Like it's just not. But to see that, you know, you know Abraham, quote unquote, father of our faith, also had made some very poor decisions. Uh, it just allows us to see, it doesn't, it, here's what I love about it. It doesn't glorify Abraham, it glorifies God. And part of what I'm just really uh, heartbroken, I'm not sure what the word is, about the current cancel culture that's even in the church right now is um, if somebody wanted to follow the thread of Abraham's life and only choose, you know, Hagar and choose uh, the the decisions he made that were bad, they could make a very good case. And, you know, uh, some religion journalist, quote unquote, could write a very strong hit piece on Abraham based on that um but god's like saying hey look abraham was you know he (laughs) put it this way god can't he's not waiting for the good guy to come along so he could choose the good guy because there are no good people so i'm just picking the bad ones and and redeeming them and so what paul does here in romans four uh for the jews especially was to say hey hey, you're hero yeah, the guy that you only choose to whitewash and only choose to look at the really good parts of his life—he made some pretty bad decisions. Yeah, and God still saved him, still forgave him, and same thing with David. So they choose David, which in Western Christianity we would probably focus more on David because of Psalms and you know those, and um, and they're beautiful. And uh, but it David's life, made, golly, the guy made some bad decisions. I mean, really bad decisions. Lots of them. Yeah with consequences and all that. And so what uh, What Paul is making a case for is that if God can forgive David, he surely can forgive you. If God can forgive Abraham, yeah. there's hope for me there and for you. Sure. And for the people that maybe you're yelling at on Twitter, you know, there's hope for them too. He wants to redeem and save. And, uh, and the thing that is important is that um, and I don't think I really got to really talk about this much on, on Sunday, but the, the idea of forgiveness itself is like when we're doing it in our own lives and someone has harmed us, someone has, I mean, it, it's, uh, and you've talked to somebody, especially if who has been really hurt by somebody like, but you have no idea what they did to me. And, and you're right. I don't, but that's actually what forgiveness is, is like, right. see, if they did something to you, if they didn't do anything to you, then you didn't they don't need your forgiveness. Um, but at the core of that question is the, is the really, uh, it strikes at what God has done because that is true. If someone has harmed you, it is a decision you have to make. And so when God forgives us of our stuff, um, it, it says that he was, uh, that Jesus, right? Went, went to the cross for our sins. It's like the last verse thing is verse 25 of Romans four. Like that's what it cost for our forgiveness. Right um and and why that here's why that matters so if i um sin against uh somebody and uh in our current climate what we do is you sue them right we litigate against them yes and but money doesn't bring back a child that's been injured or, or killed or doesn't bring back your you know health if you've been injured in an accident you can call hughes and coleman but all you get is a check and you still have a broken leg right because the sin is Whatever been committed, but in this case, God says, "Hey, the sin was committed against me. My leg was the one that's broken. Mine was the one that wasn't. I'm the one that gets to make the decision on forgiving you, and I'm going to pay the price for that forgiveness. And that's something we can't take for granted. It's very heavy, and very hopeful. Yes, it's full
0: of it's full of hope. It's funny. We you um you alluded to not alluded to, but you kind of talked about you know David and uh, Bathsheba." Which is also our our children's pastor dove in and yes, covered David and Bathsheba <laughs> this this Sunday as well, and they had a pretty spirited conversation even with uh, within our conduit kids. They were all distraught that David was such a bad dude because you know you hear about David and Goliath, mm-hmm. he's this hero, but he had some stuff in his life that uh that he needed forgiveness for too, yeah. And so it was just interesting. We ended up kind of syncing that up with our kids this yeah. week.
1: Yeah, because one of the, I think one of the kids was screaming, "We can't forgive a murderer. You
0: execute for- him." He yeah. yelled.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crucify him. It was like the crowd crying out for literally Barabas. one of the Give kids. Yeah. He's
0: like twelve years old, or not even twelve years old, like ten years old, yelling.
1: Yeah, execute him. <laughs> but you know what's great about that is that kids just tell you the truth, right? And that kid is saying the truth, which is like you want you want justice in that justice, situation. Justice, yeah. And the question that sounds great what is justice then yeah what is it that could possibly pay for that sin and the answer was nothing that david could do yeah including and not limited to executing david yes but the death of the son of god in david's place could Yeah. yeah pay for that sin. what an
0: incredible opportunity joey had to share the gospel in that moment yeah um which was really cool and i think i think uh joey changed it from bathsheba to shower sheba i think he, just, just to, to go
1: along with the dad was, joke better than the hot tub sheba i mean right. i mean, could have gone could have gone way <laughs> way 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 different direction but uh, well, i do love that about uh what joey does that he uh our, our kids ministry Man, our kids are so blessed because he doesn't dumb stuff down Yeah, no. he, he's i mean of course he's age appropriate whatever of course but i mean Everything from the festivals to, you know, yeah. Shabbat. I mean, he's, he's you know, the law of God. Like our kids are growing up knowing. It's, really it's cool. like a Awanas used to be, right? But on Sunday mornings um, yes. with the gospel in it. So, yeah, it's that's a huge blessing. And just happened to be – it was actually not something he and I had synced up on purpose to do. Like he just happened to be on that part of where he was in his journey with the kids. And I happened to be on David and Bathsheba on the same it's day good. with it. So, yeah. That's good. One of the things that we were able to do during this past –
0: Week's services is have a time of prayer and yeah. um, okay. during our communion moment, which is something we like to do um, often, or as the Lord leads, of course, um, is just have a time of corporate prayer and asking those that need prayer for whatever it may be um, to come forward and, and, and pray with some of our elders, some of our leaders, and just um, during worship we're praying. It's something that we've 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 used Acts two forty two as the template for right that we would be a church. Um, of prayer yeah, and um, so in doing that one of the things that kind of came to light over this past week and um, since Sunday even is the amount of people having to make a decision asking for prayer because they have to make a decision um, on their employment as yeah. it pertains to you know a vaccine or not and due dates have been laid out there's deadlines now being placed on a handful of folks um, I don't know that I realized there was such a, a large amount of yeah. people that are starting to, just to raise their hand and say, hey, we, we really need prayer for wisdom. We need counsel on how to move forward because I'm faced with the, uh, with, this, with the decision of maybe losing my job in the next
1: month. I was genuinely surprised that – I mean, I, 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 I felt ahead of time that the Lord would want us to pray corporately and f- for many things. Um, but one of them was that like just, there, there were some people that I had heard from that were uh, for, for one reason or another um, had not taken the COVID-19 vaccine yet. And were wondering, should I do that? And, uh, or some that are very, they're not going to do that. Um, and now, yeah, they uh, the employment situation is uh, with, with large, especially large companies they're uh, by, by being given due dates right now and if you don't get it by this date uh, you lose your job and there's some large companies in this town uh huh yeah and I um, it was so fascinating to me because uh, as far, so far as I know these companies are not asking for proof of vaccination against measles or smallpox you know they're assuming, of course. I'm, I'm assuming they're assuming, of course. You know what that happens. It's, it's, sure. Actually, if you're assuming, someone's assuming. That would be the double ass of you and me, right? The, <laughs> right. But so, uh, yeah, anyway, so. uh, but but for this one, suddenly there's this mandate, and now being required, uh, which and i will my. This is a personal opinion. This is a thus saith the Darren, not a thus saith the Lord. Uh, if the government wants to outsource enforcement of a law to me. I'm not interested in that. I'm not on the payroll. Um, And so we've made that pretty clear here, that if the government throws a mandate down, uh, we are not enforcing that here uh, because we are not there. uh, Like, they're not going to subcontract out us to enforce uh, mandates. And so, especially ones that do not have a biblical basis for it. But but to the other end, that is happening to, to people that I know and that I love, and people that have been caricaturized as, you know, anti-vax, anti-science, anti, you know, the conspiracy theory people, like whatever, you know, whatever uh, pejorative that could be thrown at them. And, and so far as the conversations I've had, not a single person that I've had conversations with are making their decisions based on whatever narrative is being thrown out there by Keith Oberman or Anderson Cooper. Um, these are people making very thoughtful decisions,
0: and in fact, uh,
1: those that I've
0: had conversations with um, have had COVID nineteen and have immunity, have antibodies. Yeah, in their system, of which that paperwork uh, is not acceptable to the employer. You know, yeah. I went and got an antibodies <laughs> test um, last month when I was off, okay. and uh, you know, I had I had the Rona November of. Twenty.
1: Yeah. And it was a, you had a solid case of yeah, it. It was kick, a, you had tail. to take some naps for, you know, it was a real solid run one not you.
0: Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a 10 day, uh, beat down for yeah. sure. Um, and so anyways, you know, it's been 11 months, almost a year. And I was curious kind of where things stood. So yeah, I went and got my antibodies test and have a full load. They give you two numbers. It gives you a number of your spike protein number and your nucleo acid uh, count, which basically is telling you one, if you've had it or not, and two, what your kind of what your current viral load
1: right. is, essentially. And what um, is your current viral load? I, I've literally been alive fifty years, and I've never asked anybody <laughs> that question. What, your what is your current load? viral load?
0: <laughs> it was heavy. I mean, the guy asked, "Hey, you know, the the one of the techs, one of the one of the technicians there just asking you know because they have to ask because they have to know how to read this thing like mm-hmm. have you have you had a vaccine recently because your viral load is high enough to say that you maybe have said so, no it's, you know I had COVID 11 months ago he's like wow like you're good shape hmm. which is such good news for humanity
1: yeah we really should be celebrating should be celebrating should be headline news 18 months ago when they said. And by they, I mean, Dr. Fauci and uh, whatever that lady was, Burks, who wore the scarves. uh, Dr. Burks, yes. uh, We just don't know yet. Which, by the way, in March of 2020, accurate statement. Fair. We don't know. Fair. But 18 months later, we actually do know now that there is an immunity are there other conversations about whether someone should try to get it naturally though those are conversations people have but is there a question of does it produce antibodies and for how long and the answer is at this point well at least for a year in most cases at least for a year in Darren's case um and the problem that i'm facing with this and the fact that, okay let's just back up i have hesitated to talk about this for the last Well, since January, whenever they start when it started, because um, I'm just looking for for facts. Right. And not not narrative. Yes. I'm looking for data, uh, not opinions. And when it came to the vaccine, there was precious little data about it at all. Other than the vivid memory I had of June of 2020 listening to some of my favorite uh, liberal podcast hosts talking about this, uh, how exciting this was that we're going to have this vaccine, but not only a vaccine, but how exciting it was that it's this brand new technology. And in my mind thinking, oh, wait, we're about to put the hopes of the Mm -hmm. world on something that, you know, MRNA has been around, but we never tried it in a vaccine. So to say that, that, that this is some safe thing is, is disingenuous because we've never tried it like this. But I remember thinking, wait, we're putting the hopes of the world in this. And, and, and for some reasons, you know, one of them is that, you know, respiratory viruses, uh, something I've learned over the last year, that they don't typically respond well to vaccination. Thus the flu. Uh, we get, you know, we're, we're sold a vaccine every year that is uh, not super effective this one was sold as this brand new thing. And so, by January, I was quiet about it because I'm like, okay, they're saying 93% success. They're seeing this somewhere. And by March, full disclosure, um, I was faced with the decision, because uh, it was my turn or whatever their marketing ploy was, uh, my calling to the nations, if another country was going to require me to go there to have this vaccine, was I willing to take the risk of that? And that's a calculation no one could make for me. Sure, um, and it's a calculation I cannot make for anyone else. But I made the decision to uh, to take the vaccine. Um, now, in the past six months, it's done me exactly zero good uh, because you know Haiti is not requiring it. Honduras isn't requiring it, and I've just heard that some of the Asian countries are beginning to require it, so at least I've got my card. But that was a calculation I made. Um, and I, on the other hand, have no judgment against uh, fellow missionaries who have made the decision to cancel trips because it was required and are not going to go. There is no clear biblical mandate for this, and so we have to go with, okay, what does a conscience say on it? Right. Um, and, and I guess if we were to try to provide some kind of a roadmap for how to make a decision like this. I I think uh, starting with truth, right? You know, asking a very simple question, is this true? Is it not true? And the second question would be, is it biblical? Is there a biblical mandate against this or for this? Right. And contrary to the governor of New York saying that God made the, the vaccine. Oh man. Was that not the creepiest and, and, and she went as far as to say, you shall be my apostles
0: I was like, and follow our lead on this. I was waiting for Katniss
1: Everdeen to come out with a bow and arrow and plant one in someone's eye. I'm like wearing a necklace that says Vax
0: on it, V-A-X, gold necklace. If, if
1: you haven't heard it, well, I don't know if you should or not, because you won't be able to sleep tonight. Like, it was super creepy. Like, creepy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so is it true? Is it biblical? And then third, if it's neither... Uh, if it's true biblical and you but the, the, what does your conscience tell you on it mm-hmm. um there is no biblical mandate to get vaccinated there just isn't and anyone that throws the love your neighbor on top of that um is it best stretching the words of jesus and at worst is blaspheming which is taking the name of the lord in vain which is to take uh, so thou shalt not take my name in vain. doesn't mean when you stub your toe, uh, do you say some words? It actually means I'm taking his name, putting it on my agenda, right. and my brand, and then like God's the influencer and I'm getting him to sell my stuff like on God's Instagram account. Yeah. Um, that's what it is really saying. And so be very, very, very careful when you are throwing uh, a non-biblical mandate on it. And so so for me, my conscience said, I need to get this, it's worth the risk for me to go. So it didn't even, I wasn't even asking the question, did it work or not? Um, Because at that point, we really didn't know. Uh, I was asking the question, was it biblical or not? There's no biblical mandate. Sure. So then it's about, is there a conscience thing for it? And my conscience was okay with it, um, if that's what it was gonna take. And I looked at things like Paul uh, and Timothy, Uh, literally Acts 15 they have a like all the churches in town came together because there was this controversy do you have to be circumcised to be a Christian and you know there's this Paul resisted Peter and because Peter said yes and Paul said no and they came to the conclusion that the answer is no and the very very next chapter Paul circumcises Timothy wow Acts 16 through, yeah right I mean Imagine that, right? Like, okay. Micah. <laughs> uh we got we need to do something, bro. I need you to come in here. Hold 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 still. mo has got some scissors. Uh we're <laughs> we're sending you to this place. They have some I mean, what do they use to, to get you numbed out?
0: Oh, I assure you there was nothing, some man. Wine, excess wine, some, oils. some essential oils. of some uh bro, there's eucalyptus.
1: Not <laughs> there are not enough essential oils in the world. A couple of sharp stones. I mean do you remember when some antibacterial I'm to, something i'm I about to ask you a question that was, but it was private. like i'm really uh, i really am thinking through the logistics of this uh, i mean I, I probably don't need to but having a son okay i had three daughters and then when uh, when ethan uh was born and there was a stem on the apple stem on the apple <laughs> praise god um we did the the thing you know yeah. and uh i gotta tell you Cutting the umbilical cord was nothing. No, I didn't, I didn't, you know, do the circumcision part, but, uh, but I can tell you that it, it, the, 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 (laughs) like being on the business end of watching that happen was like, it, it really brings, first of all, I'm glad he can't remember any of that. Uh, but I, but Timothy could, um, yeah, he's a grown man, right? But Timothy did that and there. It's fascinating because then literally Titus, another Gentile he didn't circumcise Titus. He takes a stand against Titus getting circumcised, but Timothy signs up for it. Both of them are in the Bible, and both of them made a different decision based on uh, what God was doing in that moment. And, right. and there's, there's a, I mean, if you want to like look up uh, John Piper, uh, Legion guy, there's, there's, there's plenty of where you can look up and, and see the reasons why for Titus versus Timothy. But what it came down to was, what God needed from one person to do here was different than another person here, and that was that came down to conscience. And so I say that when I'm looking at this this vaccine decision right now, um, and look, let's it, for me it would be harder it would be harder to have this conversation if we had information that showed that this vaccine maintained its strength and worked for the long haul. But what we know now after, uh, let's say January is when Israel started vaccinating, is that the, the results are this. It works really, really well for the first couple of months, and then it declines precipitously. And that's true. Uh, Kaiser Permanente study that just happened. Um Because at first they were saying things like, well, that's just because the Delta is here. That was the first line of uh, Dr. Fauci's world was that the vaccine is working. It's just that the Delta is overcoming and you and the vaccinated people caused all this to happen. Uh, What Kaiser Permanente study that was released said was if that were true, then that means that uh, everybody uh, should have gotten this right out of the gate if it were Delta, as opposed to growing higher and higher in the vaccinated population, meaning that because... They're basically saying that the uh, it says effectiveness against infections, this is directly from an article from Kaiser Permanente, effectiveness against infections declined from 88% during the first month after full vaccination to 47% after six months. And by the way, they have, the study hasn't gone further than that because the United States, we just started vaccinating. But when you get to the Israel studies, which are very well, uh, very available to everybody.
0: Yes, peer-reviewed there's gobs and gobs and gobs of data coming out of israel out of israel saying that it declines dramatically and the reason the reports are coming out of israel is because they essentially went for a hundred percent vaccination so you have a, a, um, a you know a populace that has a, giving a ton of data when you have a hundred percent of your population vaccinated yeah
1: i mean we were there one of the you know last week's Israel was open before the shutdown. Yeah, and when they shut down, they shut down, and then they went on a. I mean, a lot of people already know this, but Israel is one of the most technologically progressed. They're economically advanced and all, but so they jumped on the vaccine immediately. One of the one of the stats that's come from
0: this Israeli study. Um, I just think it's important that we just kind of know some numbers. It's just worth stating. I mean, these are yeah, because it's the question: what is true and what is not true? Yeah, right? we're and making so, a decision. What is true? It's just just worth knowing. Harvard study of Israel data found vaxxed patients were twenty seven times more likely to get symptomatic COVID infection than those with natural immunity.
1: So Say that's, that number again. <laughs>
0: the Israel the Israeli yeah. data found that vaccinated patients were twenty seven times more likely to get symptomatic COVID than those with natural immunity. Fascinating. And the risk of vaccine breakthrough cases were 13 times higher for Delta. So when everyone got the vaccination hoping that it would curb the potential for a a Delta variant um, infection, what happened actually is they were 13 times more likely to actually get it. Wow. Which correlates with the this wave yeah. the past 2 months the vaccinations went up and so did so did infections and hospitalizations right. because what we thought was going to happen obviously is that the vaccination would curb those infections yeah it actually increased it by 13 times and the risk of hospitalization out of the same study showed an 8 times higher rate for those vaccinated wow which is
1: super disappointing yeah, because I guess that's the thing. when I was hesitant to talk about it, um, I get real uncomfortable when when the the only logic we can use and the only reason we use for making a decision is based on liberty and religious freedom. Okay? sure now i'm I'm not uncomfortable making that decision based on that at all. I'm just uncomfortable if it's the only reason. yeah, um because my brothers and sisters in Afghanistan don't get that option. And that's so
0: exactly
1: right. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it's again, it is important because I don't want to be in Afghanistan. Like I want to maintain as much as we can for as long as we can here. Yes. So but so I'm not saying we're making the decisions based on that. You can if you want to. The question is, 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 this, is this true or not? Does it work? And so I was hesitant because it felt like it was working. Um, and if this was the ticket, like they say you can't logic yourself out of a problem you didn't logic yourself into. And so at one point I'm thinking, OK, in, in, internally, well, if in fact this thing works, um, then illogically, whatever, will get our this maybe could be our ticket out if, as long as they whatever. Um, even though the numbers kept changing of how many had to be vaccinated, I mean, it went from 50 percent to 90 percent and Fauci admitted that he only said that because. We weren't ready for the truth, and um, uh, but but here we are, and and the disappointment part is, f- for me personally, I wish this, I wish that this thing worked. I genuinely well, wish it worked, right? Absolutely. Like, no, I'm not like gloating about this. No, but I'm at the same time, incredibly frustrated that w- there are policies being enforced right now on people based on a 93 percent effective rate, which is what we were sold. But that's not the reality, and the question is: if it's true, if if you're forty percent, so at six months, the studies in the United States stop after about six months, and they say about forty percent. The Israel studies go further down than that; uh, say so it's even further down. What is it worth to you to have a, a vaccine that's thirty percent effective? Like when I went to Africa the first time, and I've, I've shared it before. You know, they, it's like they have a little pictograph. You know, of hey, you know, if you if you get this disease, you don't want this one, and and, and I don't know if those are they're working on commission or not, but I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, vaccinate me for that, you know. I, um, but but nobody said to me if I give you this yellow fever vaccine that you have a forty uh, percent chance of still getting it uh, because you don't. Um, when they compared this to the smallpox vaccine, the, the major difference is is the smallpox vaccine worked. Um, this one works for a short period of time. And I'm afraid that what we have done is what we've done a lot in the Western world. It's just just kicked a can down the road. Yeah, it's, it's on average the
0: vaccine antibody viral load is lasting four months hmm. on average. That's that's all that's all of your different versions of the vaccine: Moderna, Pfizer, Astra, whatever it is, Johnson Johnson. It's on average you combine all those together. It's about a four month viral load that will resist. So what we've essentially done now with the boosters is we've created a treadmill of boosters. I mean, this is something
1: like every four months now. Like Right. So if you're American Airlines, do you have to present your new booster every six months to maintain a limit? Yes, absolutely.
0: Because that's what's happening in Israel. You are not considered fully vaxxed unless you've had three. That is that wow. is what their vaccine um Uh, mandate their, um, oh, what's it called? Passport, the vaccination passport that's been rolled out in a lot of countries, specifically Israel, which is what we're talking about. You are not considered fully vaccinated unless you've had your third shot. Wow! So that, I mean, unless something completely changes here in the US, I mean, we're dipping our toes into this same idea. Yeah. I mean, it's going
1: to be a yeah, because it, so it's funny every be six months. The, the Kaiser Permanente study, and this is actually there's an article on CNN as well about this, where a doctor admits this out loud. And it, I only quote CNN because if they've said it, that means we're we're officially at a place where it can't be ignored anymore. Um, like when they finally admit that they were sure. wrong about something, that means that it's completely unignorable. Um, but the idea of a third one that would extend, um, that maybe this one will work. There's no evidence for that at all. Like this, no, we're just trying they're stuff hoping and, and, and,
0: and so much so that they're trying stuff that, that two of the scientists, um, that work for the FDA resigned about two weeks ago because they were not comfortable green the booster, my goodness, and wrote a, a, a whole dissertation and paper, not dissertation, <laughs> that's a, that would be something that maybe you and I would write, um, a whole paper that is available Online, showing why based on based on science, based on the data, these are all the reasons that they did not feel comfortable. They do not feel comfortable greenlighting a booster shot to quote unquote the general population. That's why it came out originally hmm. for the booster to be available for 65 and over, because just based on simple risk assessment, those 65 and over have just as great risk of taking a vaccine as they do. COVID as they do anything else in life. Wow. And so, which is to me, a, a pretty big slap in the face to those 65 and older. Yeah. Like, good luck guys. Yeah. Here's, here's a, here's a booster that we're not too sure about, but we're going to try it on you because based on your age, you know, you could go either way. Um, But what happened was the, uh, the FDA pushed it through anyways. I don't know if you, I mean, obviously, they've, they've, they went ahead and pushed it through anyways. Um, it originally got a 16 to 2 vote of denying it, went to the the, the CDC, got involved. and The CDC director basically veto, vetoed that and said, no, this is what we're doing. And that's why this is starting to be rolled out now. So there's been a ton of politicking behind the scenes. And I yeah. guess that's the other layer to this that drives me absolutely insane is the amount of bias and politics that have absolutely gone into decision-making on our health and on our conscience and what's morally obligated or not. It's political. And that's where it gets really, really dicey and frustrating. And you start to lose me pretty quick when that happens. Yeah.
1: And I think they start to lose a lot of people, maybe not, uh, media elite. Um, but I, I was reminded of James chapter three Uh, Verse sixteen, which James was talking about, two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom that comes from above, which is of God, angels, and then there's the wisdom that comes from demons. Yeah, and I have said a few times this, but this is like demonic. Like if we are forcing somebody to do something uh, uh, for something that isn't working well, you know, and we're not medical professionals. We're just giving you the data. Yeah, clearly, Darren, you are not a medical. Professional, um, but this is the data. Is just saying it doesn't it doesn't last very long, and so you can make a decision. Do I want to take this to get an extra three months of, of protection, or whatever you want to call it? But here's what James says: that um, after there's wisdom from God, there's wisdom from demons, and then verse sixteen. Because when you have envy and selfish ambition, and I don't know if you've watched Congress lately, or. I don't know, any politics, it (laughs) seems like. (laughs) All I see is envy and selfish ambition. It says there you find uh, the King James word is confusion Mm. and every evil practice. And when you look at what we've seen, the arrogance and hubris, uh, the selfish ambition coming from, quote-unquote, medical experts from politicians, because when you, when you say to me, don't go out and buy masks because masks don't work in February 2020, and you say it on 60 Minutes, and then you say later, no, you need to wear a mask, and you tell me the reason I didn't tell you in February was I didn't think I could trust you with the information, and so I lied to you so that you wouldn't run out and buy a mask so that the medical professionals would get it. Is that arrogant? That's selfish ambition, right? That's envy. It's insanity. And so you find chaos, you find confusion and every evil practice. So if we are experiencing confusion, if you're experiencing evil practice, you can know that is not from God. That is literally demonic.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, To force somebody to do something uh, that is now we know data showing if, if they just started these mandates back in January, I still would not have been a fan of them.
0: Yeah. Part of the confusion is the fact that the data and information is moving faster than the policy and mandates. Right. Like we're way behind. I mean, we have now 20 months worth of data, which is really good news that we have so we have so many data points across the board. We know demographics. Mm -hmm. We know um, how how these viral loads work. We know what kind of sickness it is. We know who is susceptible. We know that kids are incredibly safe. Yeah. With COVID. There's there is no reason for a child to be wearing a mask (laughs) with any of this. That's that's just data. That's just that's simple science. I mean, you can just look around and, and see, do the research and find it, how yeah. how safe people are in certain demographics, certain age ranges, certain parts of the country, certain parts of the world. 20 months into this, but we're, we're operating on policies and mandates that
1: were put out six months ago yeah. that don't even really apply anymore yeah. or shouldn't apply anymore. Well, if they're not true anymore. It's right? not true. And I guess that's what's been so sort of maddening, right, is that. You know, science isn't an end game; it's a journey, right? It's a it's a series of questions. It's like you're is this working? We're going to try this, and we of course don't have, correct. Yeah, we course correct based upon what scientific we method. Yeah, um, but it's not. It wasn't presented. It's not presented that way. I mean, when you hear somebody say, you know, if you if you're questioning me, you're questioning science. Like, whoa, that's like making you the pope. But being able for us to say, and I guess because I, I mean, God knows, you and I could talk about this all day, but. The question of, is it true or is it not true? And I'm going to make decisions based on that, not on narrative. And for me, even the idea of not even just to make you feel better about it. I I feel better if I knew the truth, um, personally. So if I knew the truth, that would make me feel better. Um, And for sure not based on narratives that are uh, way out of date. If you remember this or not, but there was an article in the Tennessean in December of... 2020, uh, 2020, actually, uh, and it was a hit piece written on Ramsey Solutions on Dave Ramsey about the Christmas party that they had. Right, quote unquote super spreader. Yeah, yeah. And first of all, which was not a super spreader, <laughs> it did not happen. And they had they had quoting people from like our local hospital saying, "I I'm I am angered and incensed." that they would do this and disrespect us like this. That was the emotion of it. But like buried deep in the article, by Bob Smitana a religion journalist, says since March, so this is March, April, May, was it nine months, mm-hmm. Ramsey Solutions has had about 100 cases of COVID-19 among its employees, according to a recording of a mid-November staff call obtained by Religion News Service, which is hilarious because he's obviously, they found private information. And I'm looking at that going, Nine months in, they have a thousand employees, right? No mask mandate, required to go to work, and only a hundred cases. That's the freaking headline. Like, why is that not right? The headline. Ten percent get cases, of which all returned back to yeah. work. because based on the way this article was written, that number should have been seven hundred people, like one of the cruise ships or something. You know, sure, um, and. And look, I know a couple of the folks there that were sick and actually got – and they were sick sick. Um, But he buries the lead like – and nobody has died, by the way, at Ramsey Solutions. Uh, They've had a couple people that got pretty sick. Um, But here's what what really struck me about this with that. And and again, back to the Bible. Uh, The ninth commandment is not thou shalt not lie. The ninth commandment is thou shalt not bear false witness. Right. A false witness, there's two examples of that in the New Testament, Acts chapter 6, uh, Mark chapter 14, I believe, where Jesus is being called, uh, he's on trial, and Stephen is on trial in Acts 6, or, or uh, mob trial is what it is, and both of them are mob trials, but it says that they called false witnesses, and if I remember right, it's verse 50-something, 8 maybe, Where he says uh, the false witnesses says we heard him say he's going to tear this temple down and destroy it in three days. And now here's the thing. He did say that. That was the right information. But he said it in regards to his body being crucified. Right. Buried in other words, right information, wrong implication, and that's false witness. And that is this article, right. Which is, that's the right information, 100 people here, but the, the wrong implication, which is yeah. that this is some bizarre, like, that's just, it's straight up bearing false witness. And when we're reading uh, social media posts, the stuff that's being declared misinformation, whatever, that you could take something that, that looks a little bit true, but then you wrap it up in virtue and self-righteousness, right? Because the way that article came out, it was like, here's this guy who, by the way, wants his people to remain employed. Right? This is not an ignoble right. goal to keep his people working, to keep their families fed and not waiting for government checks. You know, th- Look, maybe this would be a different story if there were 700, 800 people that were sick and 100 people died or whatever the number was. But that's not what happened. And by the way, it's now a, a, a full year later again. They still don't have mask mandates. And, and by the way, thank God for that, because when you hear somebody say mask mandates work, what they forget to mention is that uh, when you, quote unquote, do science again, you have to have a control. That's right. Okay, here's this school that uses masks and here's <laughs> right. this school that doesn't use masks. Did they get the same results? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when they say they work, what they're really saying is that every freaking child in America was masked last year. And so, of course, they work. As opposed to this school was masked and this one wasn't, it didn't work. And what are we seeing right now in Middle Tennessee? Thank God for our governor. Uh, thank God for Desantis, not requiring masks. And what we saw was the numbers were going up, and we were all, oh, I hate this. It's happening again. Everybody's, got, you know, how many people are vaccinated, but the numbers are going up. And they went down again without a mask mandate in place. And the point being that. It's not a slam against anything other than to say that if we're putting your hope in that, the numbers just don't play it out for us. Virus so, going to virus. And so it's selfish ambition. Do we think that we could beat this? Right? Do we think that? The answer is yes, by yes, the way. 100% so. is what he thought. That you could beat this one. And are there some viruses that humans have conquered? Sure. But... Not most of them. I mean, there's a reason why they—they're the old joke, the old whatever is. There's no cure for the common cold, which parenthetically is a coronavirus.
0: Yeah, it's in the family of coronaviruses. Yeah. Uh, it, what do you think drives culture and society to almost want the worst case scenario? It's like they want these numbers to be bad. They want to point the finger and say, "See, we told you it was—it's this bad." We. You know, people are, the hospitals are full, you know, people are dying everywhere. It's almost as if there, there's this proclivity towards that happening, like them wanting to see that play out that way instead of, man, it's not as bad as we thought it was.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, all of the, all the movies I've seen about pandemics, uh, People were bleeding out of their eyes, right? like yeah, like that's what I thought
0: what's <laughs> what we all thought. We had no yeah. context for what this virus is going to do, right? Like are we all gonna like our arms gonna fall off or yeah. I mean like what's what, yeah, what could I, happen
1: it's such a, it's such a human part of us though, that is that fear of the unknown, and so we want to move into control of it. and I, good and wise people that uh just wanted this to go away i think believed at first a lot of more people are are, are, there's there's more people that have maybe would agree with us than there were let's say a year ago i think that's a true statement oh yeah i like to think that but if you remember in june of 2020 it was kind of lonely conduit (laughs) right right? (laughs) i mean it felt kind of lonely uh and I second-guessed myself, like, okay, well, maybe am I the only guy that's, sure. you know, uh, that's, that's, that's that's making these decisions? And because what happened in June of 2020? Oh, we, June of 2020, we reopened we and we re-open didn't require masks, and we yeah. we didn't have masks on our children's workers, and
0: yeah, full um, bore,
1: full bore. And it wasn't cavalier, no, right? We made the decisions knowing hey, there's a risk involved here, but what are we, uh, what are we willing to risk? Keeping it shut down, right? And so. Um, but then, man, yeah, the emails and the phone calls, and the, you know, the uh, suddenly some people, you know, I I think that they we we talked about this at one point because of you know our, our parents' generation especially, um, you just viewed that if a doctor said it, it must be true, or it just must be true. Yeah. In the same way that they used to say that about pastors, that's long gone. <laughs> I kind of, sometimes I wish we could return to that because I'm like, I'm just tired of the emails. But I also am glad for that because acts, you know, be like the Bereans, look to the scriptures yourself. That's, that's how you're right. supposed to do it. That's right. Uh, and I would say that um, what I have discovered in in this year is that our friends who are doctors that I love and thought were, I mean, they're busy. Yeah they're not researching this stuff. They're literally going with what they were told by sure. a government institution and a government organization. And I remember one of my friends that was, uh, she was doing the test, uh, the testing, one of the test stations. And she was talking about just how horrible it is. Yeah. And I was sharing with her some of the studies and some of the research and it was, she'd been at this three months, had never read any of that. Wow. None of it. She was being told by Vanderbilt what was true. Um, and when she started to see it for herself, it actually gave her some peace. Now, But some people, they, they just kind of went with what Vanderbilt and that. Uh, I will say this. I think at the core of humanity, uh, fear, uncertainty is, can drive all of us. And by the way, they can drive us on, on any side of this issue. I know people uh, who are not going to take this vaccine, but they're doing it out of fear and uncertainty, not out of truth. truth. Not everybody, but there's a few, right? That was, that, but here James goes on to say in verse 17, so where you find verse 16, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, confusion, and every evil practice. So we know there's confusion, and we know there's a lot of evil practices, so we know that there's demonic things going on in our country. But verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. It's good. And we have to keep that as our playbook. And we, we can use that as our filter for how we're communicating, for how we're feeling. That if I'm feeling confusion and I'm feeling disorder and there's evil practices around me, that's a good uh, check engine light for my decision making, and get back to the Word of God, get back to the truth, to become the peacemakers who sow peace, uh, sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. Um, it does not mean that we're going to obey every government order that comes across our plate. Um, James also was executed for disobeying government mandates. Um, Our church has uh, violated, I've lost count of how many government mandates. When you're trying to free slaves in Asia, there are government mandates that you have to violate in that country to make that happen. And so uh, our conscience says that person's freedom is worth the risk of violating this government mandate that is a clear violation of scripture Um, and i guess if if you're facing that right now you know prayerfully ask the lord what he wants you to do um does this vaccine do long-term damage to people the answer is we don't know because we have not had it long-term
0: a year. We've had the vaccine in circulation for about a year. Yeah. Not even.
1: Yeah. Ten months. So we don't know. Um, and that's it's, it's the, the only answer is that we don't know because we've never tried this before. Um, and that's just true. Now, I was willing to take the risk with that information. I still took the risk for it. Um, you have to ask yourself uh, if you are taking it. Is it because I'm am I doing it to, quote unquote, love my neighbor um, I, I don't know. I mean, you go with your conscience on it, but you certainly uh, you're now putting a moral uh, you're putting a moral on top of a biological decision. Yeah. Um, but what's true again is that you still can get COVID and still spread COVID. And again, that information in January 2020 was not they they said you couldn't, but you can. And that but that's the truth now. And so, make your decision. Is it biblical? You know, is is it? Uh, is your conscience going to allow for it? Is it true? Um, and 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 let the chips fall where they may with it. I would I would say this, and maybe this is important. You are not less of a Christian if you take the vaccine. You're not less of a Christian if you've taken it. And I, of course, I'm a little biased because I'm one of those. But I—if anybody's been around me—I don't make any decision quickly. I, you right. know, I process and pray and think <laughs> and read, and then I, and then I go and ask Mo more questions, and then you know, <laughs> and then we take more laps. And, um, but you're not less of a Christian if you took it. Um, you've not violated any biblical no. mandate at all. It's 100% true. And so, to my missionary friends that have done it, to my people that if you keep, if you want to keep your job and you take you know take the vaccine. You know, there is no moral obligation to that, um, I'm sorry, biblical obligation to that at all. Um, And so it becomes about your conscience. And some of you guys, if you take this to, here's what I would say. I'm babbling at this point, but this is different than you have to renounce Christ, renounce your faith in Christ to maintain your employment here. There is a biblical language for that. Absolutely. Okay. Your faith in Christ is what makes you righteous, is what makes you justified, not taking a vaccine or not or taking it one way or the other. And so you're not violating that. Um, this is a, you know, eating meat offered to idols situation. This is a circumcision situation. Uh, these are things that are about your conscience and not about a biblical mandate. And um So put that in the thing, you know, uh, in in the hopper as you're making these decisions, as your deadlines are approaching. And, you know, look, uh, taking off my biblical hat and putting on my Darren uh, redneck white trash kid fighter, um, (laughs) the mandates are bull crap. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan. I can't, I can't make a biblical decision case for that. I can't make a true whatever, but I can make a, in my gut. Uh, the government mandating this stuff like it, it goes against everything in me, and I want to get the pitchforks and the torches and go downtown and,
0: and technically they're not even laws exactly so we, we you know we haven't even talked about that um but technically they're not even laws um and there's there's that's why there's a, a plenty of lawsuits flying around that 's why individual states are uh pushing forth different actual laws against uh, federal mandates. Um, I mean the, the, the legal side of this is its own beast and it's in full force right now, of course. Um, all that aside, all that aside, it, when you're looking at it just very specifically as to what is happening in our country and in our world, it seems hopeless. I mean, if you're putting your hope in man, if you're putting your hope in medicine, if you're putting your hope in science, all these different things, um, and we've talked about this before, but man, it can really feel hopeless. yeah. But thankfully, as believers, um, our hope, we've talked about this in Romans, we've been talking about our the, this justification, this this redemption, this this restoration. Um, our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in heaven. This is not our home. We are passing through this godless sinful society and world that we are, we're kind of stuck here. So what do we do with that? Right. You know, how do we live? How do we draw people to Christ? How do we be a city on a hill? How do we let our, our light shine, um, to spread the good news of the gospel, to share the hope that we do have, that we don't have to, um, we do not have to put our hope in anything else. Button Jesus, yeah. and, and it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's easy to get lost and forget that when it's the day to day grind, when you're having to make actual, practical, logistical decisions on your employment, uh, where to live, and you know how you know where your kids are going to school, and all of these decisions that have to be made on the day to day. It's really easy to get sucked in and discouraged and depressed, and um, we kind of lose sight of our hope. Um, but we're here to remind you that your hope is in Christ and, um, that we are, man, we're just passing
1: through this mess. Yeah. Which is important because, you know, I think it's easy to think that putting my hope in Christ is an option of things that I could put my hope in, but I should put my hope in him. Um, and in reality, it's the only hope. It's the only, hope, right? Like if there's any gift that this has given us, is that for those of us and, you know, and I look back on it, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a head guy, I'm a thinker guy. And so I give a lot, probably a lot more credence to where we were scientifically and, you know, but then we, we, we actually are. So if my hope was there, that rug just got pulled out from under me. If your hope was in, you know, the election or the government or whatever. And here's, it's a great test, by the way, of where your hope is, is what happens when it's taken away from you how do you respond? What is your, and that's not a shame moment. That's just a, okay, I can do, a, I can do an inventory here. If, if right. I freaked all the way out when this happened, that meant that my hope was in that and not in Jesus. That's right. And so uh, it's, it's one of the greatest things about, you know, my trips to developing nations is uh, I don't have to sell them that their hope is in Jesus. Like they know, like they've, there's nothing else that could possibly give them hope. And for me, I look at that and I want to be more like that. And this year, uh, every time, and it's my challenge to myself as well, uh, in James chapter uh, 3, verse 17, if it's not peace, if it's not sowing this and it's whatever, I'm like, ah, uh, then I'm, my hope right. has clearly been uh, put someplace else right. for that day. And, uh, and the whole journey of discipleship, right, is to become uh, like Jesus, to say, and do what Jesus said and did and um that's a guy uh, fully god fully man but he he modeled for us that his hope was in his father right and our hope uh, as well as that and i personally have been uh energized because i mean the disciples wanted so bad to be alive <laughs> you know during a time when yeah the return of christ was imminent. And I don't know if it's, you know, I mean, I'm sure Jack Van, is Jack Van Impey, is he alive? Is yeah, that I he think dead? he passed recently. seems I mean, like in the past dead. couple years, I mean, he was like a hundred years old in the eighties. But so I don't know what Jack Van Impey would say if you were around or John Hagee or whatever. I don't know, but it feels more like Jesus is imminent <laughs> than it's ever felt in my lifetime. Yeah. We're yeah. You know, and Micah got married. So he's been, you know what I mean? He beat the rapture. So beat he's, the rapture. You know, he's okay. Um, but I, to me, to look forward to that moment, uh, the the less I'm holding my hope here, the more I can look forward to that. And one of the blessings, one of the crowns, I think it's in Second Timothy. Uh, there's like four or five crowns in the New Testament for uh, different things. But one of them is for those who long for his appearing. Uh, yeah, because not everybody longs for it. You know, not everybody does. Uh, but I do. And the, the longer this crazy stuff comes on, the more I'm longing, man, Jesus, just come back. Let's just get this done because I'm, I'm ready. The good it. news is he's coming back. Yes. The bad news is it's going to get crazier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's going to get crazier. It's, yeah. I mean, it's going to keep getting more and more crazy. You know, we've been saying this for the past 18 months. We've been doing this podcast, kind of looking into what's happening around the world. And, uh, you know, 18 months later, because some of the things we talked about have, have rolled into place unfortunately right uh i've I've, you know maybe we'll talk about it more soon but there's there's more coming down the pipeline that's you know just as crazy or crazier than what we've already gone through yeah um but that's where we have to remind where our hope is and uh and, and and be encouraged that yes the lord is coming back and he's given us work to do while we're here we are here for such a time as this yeah and there should be a sense of urgency for all of us as believers. And we need to lock arms and work together. Yeah. There, is, there is work to be done for the kingdom, not for the culture, for the kingdom. And that's, that's what can get us excited. And that's where we can start to get some things done. Um, there's, there's slaves to be freed. There are people in our own community that need freedom um, of their own, whether from addiction or just freedom from sin. Yeah. and the hope of the gospel. Um, so there's work to be done, and we just can't get distracted with all of this while we are living in it in the middle yeah. of it.
1: Yeah, the men of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12, I think it is, they they uh, they understood the times they lived in, and they knew what to do. It was the smallest tribe in Israel, but they were the ones that understood the times and the knew remnant. what to do. And I, um, all, all the other tribes, all 11 other ones, were all still tribes of Israel, um, and they were just as loved by God. And I you know sometimes I feel like that's what we're or at least the conduit calling has been is to understand the times we live in, and to know what to do. Yeah, that's um, good. Not everybody's called to do that. If your pastor's not talking about this stuff on Sundays, it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Um, just maybe means he's not called for that, yep. and, and he's called for something else. And for us, even to say it's going to get worse, like you're like, well, that's terrible news. Um, but <laughs> uh, but if, if again, is it true? <laughs> uh, is it biblical, right? and uh, your conscience and. If, if it's getting worse, um, at least we uh, to me, like, what, I think what happened to a lot of people last year was what, what threw us off so bad is we weren't expecting any of this. So it, it sure. was harder to catch up to it because we didn't expect it to happen. Yeah. If our expectation is there, it's like when you drive in Haiti, it's why you don't see anybody getting in car accidents. Because I don't, I'm not oh, shocked. Amazing, Isn't it fascinating? I'm not shocked when that guy pulled out in front of me. I knew he was going to.
0: Yeah. You've got to understand if you, <laughs> if you've never been to Haiti and watched their traffic patterns it's unbelievable we I mean, have everything from full buses to mopeds to cars to people on mules uh, <laughs> and random goats yeah. random goats and there it's just it's insane yeah. how there are no accidents
1: and they aren't there aren't because they expect that person to cut them off they expect that person to pull out in front of them. And in fact, they don't respect you if you don't. Which is whenever I get back from a place sure. like that if I've driven a lot, my wife does not want to ride with me because I have to <laughs> sure. I got to get it out of my system. <laughs> right. Um but well. in America, I'm uh, there's so many I think there's a lot of car accidents because uh, we are not defensive drivers here. We are uh, asleep at the wheel. Uh, asleep at the wheel. Hmm. And in the kingdom of God, it would be best for us to wake up while we're driving and to That's be good. aware that that person's going to pull out in front of you that there's going to be some chaos. Uh, But you do not have to succumb to it. You don't have to be afraid of it because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that is either true or it's not. Yes. And I'm happy to report that unlike the efficacy of our current vaccine, that the efficacy of the power of God (laughs) is alive and well in us. Uh, And that, That sounds I don't mean to sound glib. But it's true, um, our hope, right? Nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. So there you go. Yeah, well, you can always email us
0: your thoughts. Info at ConduitChurch.com. Anything you could possibly want to know about Conduit Church is at our website, ConduitChurch.com. We try to do this each and every week. And we're just so glad that you decided to join us this week. And we hope to catch up soon.